When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the October 14th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. Unfortunately, no victory song this week. We went 8-8 eight eight for minus 0.5 units last week. So my first losing week of the NFL season, but I'll be honest. My losing weeks are going to be 8-8 eight eight for down half unit. I'll take that in, and any week I'll take that, especially now, I'm up 24, I'm still up uh, 24.22 units, I mean, I, I I can have these 8 and 8 weeks, I can afford these weeks, if I was only up a couple units, it might hurt a little bit more, but at this point, with me being up so much already, it's a war of attrition at this point, so I'll take the 8 and 8, we kind of grinded for it, it was 6, uh, with 6 and 8 heading into the two uh, uh, final primetime games, and then I hit the Sunday Night Football bet and Monday Night Football bet, so 8 and 8. That brings my total record this season to 53.27 for plus 24.22 units. Let's get back with a positive week this week. Let's bounce back a little bit. Now, only 14 games on the schedule this week, so I'm actually going to answer a question from one of the listeners here first. Um, just to, just to kind of use up a little bit of time here, and then I'll get into my, my 14 picks for this week. I will say... Uh, I think I'm on a lot of favorites this week, which is a little bit concerning. I don't usually like taking favorites, but I found out as I was going through them that I am on a lot of them this week. So uh, before I get into the question, before I get into the picks, of course, uh, you can um, tip me if you want. Venmo, Cash App, IanMac35, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-35. Wouldn't expect it this week considering I had a losing week, but if you enjoy the content, if you enjoy the podcast, this is all free. And for the time being, while I don't have ads, um, I'll keep pushing that out. So um, so let's get to the viewer question here. Um, and by the way, if you ever want to ask me a question, I'm going to do this a little bit more as we head into the bye weeks here. I'm going to try to answer one or two questions a week uh, because I won't have the full 16-game slate until when. When does it get back to 16 games? Thanksgiving? American? Th- by the way... Canadian Thanksgiving was this past week. Thanksgiving belongs in October. Can we can 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 you guys just agree with me on that? I know American Thanksgiving is great. There's football. It's in November. All that stuff. It belongs in October, which is where Canada has it. It's too close to Christmas if you're doing it late in November. It's too far away from the last long weekend. Mid October is perfect. But I digress. While we go through these weeks where some teams will have bye weeks, I'm going to answer some listener questions. This one is a guy who DM'd me. If you want to get, uh, send me a question, you can either DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Or you can send an email to baconbetspodcast at gmail.com, uh, and I'll see it there. So this comes from Tim Neiman. 
He says, when you can, could you please explain CLV and, 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 and its importance or not? Thank you. Appreciate all that you do. Thank you, Tim. I would like to explain CLV. I'm pretty sure I've explained CLV on this podcast in the past, but it was a long time ago, and there are a lot uh, of new listeners since then. So I'll quickly go over what CLV is once again. So CLV stands for Closing Line Value. Um, If you follow any professional handicappers or people who think they're professional handicappers but are really just a bunch of dopes on Twitter, um, they're obsessed with CLV. So what CLV is, is if you take a line and you usually have to take it pretty early in the week and you have a better line than what it closes at. So easy, quick example. Let's say the Ravens open up at minus three and a half. That's the opening line. Lines get released Sunday night. That's the opening line. Ravens minus three and a half. You bet them, and then by the time it goes through the week, and then by the time um, heading into Sunday, the closing line right when the ball gets kicked off is minus four and a half. That means because you got it at minus three and a half, you got one point of closing line value. Now, professional bettors are obsessed with this, and rightfully so. Some people take it a little bit too far, though. But this is really where professional bettors kind of have the advantage over everyone else, is they bet the lines as soon as they open. That's why that's why most of the time the movement you see is within like the first few hours, the first day the lines are released, because the sharps, the professionals, are betting it, and then the sports books will adjust based on where the sharps are betting. Um, then you get kind of more uh, of what the sports books want, which is like a 50-50 line. Um, do I think closing line value is, is important for me? No. Now, do I always aim to, to get the best line possible? Sure. Um, I mean, just for transparency on the podcast, I always lock my line, my bets in Wednesday night, night, right before I record. So, um, sometimes I'm on the right side. Sometimes on the, I'm on the wrong side. But at the end of the day, listen, if you're betting at 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks a game, if you're doing this for entertainment, which is what I'm doing it for, which is what I think everyone should do it for, then it really doesn't matter that much. If you're a professional better, if you're betting thousands of dollars um, a game, if you're trying to make a living off this, which I would never, ever, ever recommend, then yeah, closing line is getting closing line value is probably important. But some people take it way too far. So I saw one guy on Twitter uh, a few months ago saying that getting closing line value is actually more important than whether or not you won the bet, which is just, I mean, that's insane to me. That's, that's, that, that's just taking it too far. The main thing is winning the bet. If, if the number one thing you're concerned with is getting a better line than what it closes at, then I don't know, you gotta, you gotta take a break and go for a walk or something. Um, so that's closing line value. That was a super straightforward explanation. I'm sure if there's any hardcore professional sports bettors listening to this, which there aren't, which there shouldn't be, uh, I'm sure I probably left out a couple details. But that that's the very basic explanation. If you bet on a line, it moves um, the other way um, by the time where it closes, then, then, then you can get closing line value. Take Ravens minus three, it closes at minus four, you got a point of closing line value. Um, so that's CLV. That's my quick explanation. Let's get into the picks because I don't think I have anything else to talk about right now. I'm just stuck in my fucking jail cell of a room in Brooklyn, New York. I love it. There's so much to do here, but also I'm so busy with it being football season. I've hardly done anything. So I'm excited for, for, I'm very excited for next summer. I'll have some free time. I'll actually be able to get to do some stuff. But um, yeah, as of right now, I'm just uh, stuck in my little 
my little my little uh, my little apartment here just screaming into a microphone like a like a lunatic about betting on sports <laughs> I love it I appreciate all uh, all of you that are listening and subscribe if you haven't already subscribe subscribe to the podcast if you have a few seconds leave it a rating if you have a few more seconds leave a quick review that stuff helps us in the rankings it helps us show up in other people's feeds that stuff is huge so I would actually rather you do that than tip me how about that and it's free to do Rate it, subscribe, review. That would be fantastic. I would love you forever if you do that. But without further ado, I'll stop. I'll stop stalling here. Let's let's get into my week, week six, week six, week week six. Let's get into my NFL week six picks. It's the September fourteenth episode. It's October fourteenth. I did this last week too. It's the October fourteenth episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, theme of this week, my friends, for betting on this week is don't overthink it. Don't overthink your bets. It's not the time to do it. Week six is is a little bit of a tricky area because we have enough stats where we can look at them a little bit more than maybe we would in the first couple weeks. But there are some spreads that seem obvious, some that are a little bit. I'm just going to try not to overthink it. But then I say that right before I'm about to introduce my Thursday night pick, which might be an overthinking spot. <laughs> I'm taking Eagles minus or sorry plus seven minus one ten against the Buccaneers. I am obsessed for some reason with betting on the Eagles, and I don't fully know why. I bet on them literally every week. Every Eagles game this season, I bet on them. I haven't bet total. I haven't bet against them. I bet on the Eagles every single game this season. Don't know why. I have no reason to be, but I just can't quit betting on them. I keep thinking they're underrated. They won last week as an underdog for me against the Panthers. That was huge. Um, I'm going to back them again. Plus seven, Thursday night football against the Buccaneers. Their defense is actually decent. Fourth in the NFL in opponent yards per play. That. Uh, compared to Tampa Bay, who's at 17th, that's pretty good. No team throws the ball more than the Buccaneers, actually. 69.71% of the Buccaneers' called plays are passes. And the Eagles are third in opponent passing yards per game and fourth in opponent yards per pass attempt. So I think they're actually a pretty solid defense. They're actually pretty good against the pass. Am I scared that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense won't do enough to keep up? Yes. But the number is right there on the magic number of seven. I'll take the home team getting a touchdown here. I certainly don't love this pick. This one stinks. The gut feeling, the obvious plays, the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are going to be one of the more public plays this week. I'm going to trust in the Eagles defense that they slow down the Buccaneers enough. So Eagles plus 7, minus 110. Then we're going to Sunday and we're going to the London game. I truly don't know. Like, what's the NFL strategy for giving London fans the worst possible matchups? Maybe they just give the matchups of teams that, like, they know aren't going to make the playoffs, so then um, they hope that the trip to London doesn't kind of mess with their momentum or something or take away a home game. I don't really know, but Jets, Falcons, and then Jaguars, Dolphins? Fuck, that sucks. Uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars, though, and I'm going to take, this is my Moneyline underdog pick of the week, and my Moneyline underdog picks have been unbelievable this year. I think I'm like 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one when I take Moneyline Underdogs. I think the only one I lost on was the Lions a couple weeks ago. Cr- I'm crushing them. Eagles last week against the Panthers, that was big. 
I'm going to take the Jaguars against the Dolphins here, plus 150. I think the Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL. Dead last in average scoring margin at minus 15. Second last in yards per play at 4.4. Second last in points per game at 15.8. 30th in opponent yards per game. All four of those rank lower than the Jaguars. I'm actually kind of surprised the Dolphins are favored by three points in this game. Love the Jags getting the three, but I'm going to get aggressive and take them to win outright. Trevor Lawrence has actually started to look much better in the last two games, especially in things like his completion percentage up significantly over the past two games. The Jaguars are also, by the way, I bet you don't expect this. The Jaguars are second in the NFL in yards per carry. They are getting 5.3 yards per carry on the ground this season. That's unbelievable. And they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. Why? Why? James Robinson, the beast. Not overthinking this one. Jaguars, I think, are actually a better team than the Dolphins. I think the answer is staring at us right in the face. Shout out to the dirt bike driving out in front of my window. Jaguars plus 150 against the Dolphins. They get their first win of the season. Colts, Texans. Colts minus 10. Minus 110. Texans are a public play this week, and it's baffling to me. I think it's. I think everyone's... Got a short memory, I re- but I refuse to let Davis Mills seduce me back into betting on the Texans after one decent start against the Patriots. I ain't going to do it. How about that? Let's just go ahead and assume that their offense has another decent game. The Texans' defense still ranks 26th in opponent yards per game, 27th in opponent points per game. And also, meanwhile, despite a slow start to the season, I actually think the Colts are a better team than people think. They showed it at least in the first three quarters against the Ravens on Monday night. They certainly aren't great, but they're an overall solid team. By the way, sneaky uh, bet to make right now is the Colts to win the AFC South. little tidbit in there. Uh, but the Colts are the type of team that they're going to beat up on the bad teams they play. They're going to lose to most good teams probably, though. They're just kind of average to above average at things. That's my evaluation of them through the first three weeks. Uh, first few weeks, I should say. The Texans are bad. I know Davis Mills looked decent last game. He seduced me into betting on him. Uh, what game was it? It wasn't the Bills. Uh, the Panthers on Thursday Night Football, and I regretted it. And I will not make that mistake again. When Tyrod Taylor gets back in the lineup, then I will think about betting on the Texans. Not doing it here. Let's not forget this Texans team scored a total of 16 points in 10 quarters prior to the Patriots game last week. Let's not get cute with this. Let's not overthink it. I know it's a double-digit spread, but remember that the Texans stink. Colts minus 10, minus 110 against the Texans. Packers-Bears. This is another let's not overthink it spot. Because this one does make, make me nervous, but I have to take the obvious side here. Back the Packers laying four points. Packers defense has been very good this season, and I just can't bet on the Bears producing any type of offense unless they're going up against a weak run defense like like they did last week against the Raiders. Uh, I was on them against the Raiders last week. But... They don't, but now they're going up against a Packers defense that has been good, better against the run the past few weeks. A good overall defense. Is I mean, is this offense that's dead last in yards per play at 4.2? Are they going to be able to keep up with Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. Not going to overthink this one. I will back the Packers. Scary stat to keep in mind, though. Packers are dead last in red zone defense. Opponents have scored touchdowns on 100% of their red zone trips against the Packers this season. Let me repeat that. Every time that a team has gotten in the red zone against this Packers defense, they've scored a touchdown. Small sample size still, still early in the season, but that's something to keep an eye on as we move forward throughout the season. Is it a big enough deal against this Bears team? I don't think so. 
they'll probably get a red zone stop against this Bears team, by the way, to be honest. So I'm still going to back the Packers. But a little tidbit to keep in mind as we handicap games down the future. Uh, Chiefs Washington. I'm actually going to look at the total in this one. I'm going to go with the over 56 minus 110. I mean, the Chiefs seem like the obvious play, but I'm st- I still don't trust the Chiefs defense enough to bet on them in any situation. Let- let's look at yards per play. I know I bring this up all the time. Um, I don't have the page up in front of me right here, and I didn't write it down. But I'm going to bring to tell you, show you guys how bad this Chiefs defense is. So yards per opponent, yards per play. The Kansas City Chiefs are dead last in the NFL. Teams are getting 7.1 yards per play against them. The next worst team is Detroit, who is giving up 6.5 yards per play. They are more than half a yard per play worse than the next worst team, which is the Detroit Lions. This Chiefs defense is all-time bad. I can't bet on I can't bet on the Chiefs in any situation with this bad of a defense. I can't. But I'm going to take the over because also the Washington football team, who we thought all had a good defense based on last season, apparently doesn't. They're 27th in opponent yards per game. Chiefs are 31st in total opponent yards per game. The two defense defenses are second last and dead last in points per game. They're both allowing over 30 points per game. Average combined score of the season. Chiefs, first in the NFL, 63.4. Washington, fourth in the NFL, 55.6. The total is wildly high at 56, but I still think this is a no-brainer bet, especially with a spread just under a touchdown. They're teasing you to take the Chiefs. Um, but also, I'm not going to bet on Taylor Heineke to duel Patrick Mahomes either. So uh, I'm going to look to the total on that one instead. I'm going to take over 56 minus 110. Then we got the Vikings-Panthers. I mean, have have you listened to this podcast so far this season? You know I'm not betting on the Panthers. Vikings minus one, minus 115. I will continue to bet against this Panthers team. Sam Darnold was who I thought he was. He showed it last week. Finally, old Sammy boy. Old Sammy boy. Seeing ghosts again. Finally showed his true colors last week. Right when everyone thought he somehow became a brand new quarterback just by switching teams. Nope. Same old Sammy boy Darnold. I also think the Vikings are going to be able to take advantage of this Panthers run defense, which is which is not good. Twenty second opponent yards per carry at four point four. So I don't. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game because honestly, statistically, both teams are, are pretty average. A lot of Panthers run stats are pre, or uh, defense stats are pretty good. Vikings have a few good offensive stats. I mean, it really is a game between two average teams. But I will continue to fade the Panthers. Even more than the Panthers, Sam Darnold himself, until people realize that they're an average team. The, for their first few games was a, was a Fugazi, a Fugazi. Vikings minus one. Ravens minus three, plus 100 against the Chargers. Styles make fights, my friends. I keep saying this week in and week out. At first glance, the Chargers seem like the obvious bet. They've looked fantastic. They look like arguably one of the best teams in the AFC. Oh, they're so good. Oh, Justin Herbert. Oh, look at your hair. Have my babies. Wah, wah, wah. You're the MVP. Don't care. Don't care about it. Ravens are going to win this game. They have the stylistic advantage here. To be honest, actually, I like I like the Chargers. But, like, as a team, I actually kind of like them. Um, 
but I keep losing them by betting against them, so I'm actually grown to hate them because I lose my bets in their games almost every week. I was on the Browns last week, and that they fucking were like 25 or 25 on fourth down. It was one of the most frustrating bets I've ever lost. Fuck them, though. How about that? Dead last in rush defense. Teams are getting 5.6 yards per carry on the ground against them. Browns got 6.6 yards per carry against them last week. If it wasn't for converting, like I said, like 25 different fourth down tries last week, they weren't even going to be close in that game. The Browns ran all over them. And we all know you can't. if you can't stop the run, good luck facing the Ravens, whose entire offense is running the football. Also, I still believe the Ravens' defense is good. They haven't looked good. They've looked like shit, to be honest, so far this season. But this could be a bounce-back spot for them. Gotta stick to my belief that styles make fights and that the stylistic advantage goes to the Ravens here. Give me Baltimore minus three as an ambulance goes off in the background. Woo! I love New York. <laughs> Fucking losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> Bengals, Lions. I'm going to take the Bengals minus three and a half, minus 110 against the Lions here. Bengals. I think they're a good football team. I know they lost last week, but even though they lost, I actually gained a lot of respect for them in that loss. 13th in yards per play at 5.9, 11th in opponent yards per play at 5.3. Now, are they a playoff team yet? Probably not, but they have taken a huge step up from last year. And I was, hand up, I was wrong about the Bengals. I was shitting on them all offseason for not taking an offensive lineman. And now Jamar Chase looks like, well, right now he's the betting favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. So, hand up. I'm not going to be right 100% of the time, and I was wrong about this one, at least so far. Also, don't let Dan Campbell's tears convince you that the Lions are anything but a shitty-ass team. I know everyone saw the press conference, Dan Campbell crying because he was heartbroken for his players. Oh, that's a coach I want to play for. Oh, Dan Dan Campbell's going to be a good coach after all. What, because he cries in the press conference? That makes him a good football coach? His tears somehow mean that he's uh, able to make good halftime adjustments? Huh? Because he's a, because he gets emotional, that means he can uh, uh, call the right third down play in a pivotal, you know, fourth quarter series. Come on, people! Snap back to reality here. Lions are 26th in yards per play, 31st in opponent yards per play, 30th in third down conversion rate, 26th in yards per pass attempt. This is not a good football team. I know they've played in some close games. This one won't be. Bengals, minus 3.5, minus 110. Rams, Giants. What is the theme this week, people? Let's not overthink these picks. Rams, minus 9.5, minus 110. Now, if Daniel Jones, if I knew he was going to play, I could be talked into betting on the Giants here, but he's still questionable. If I if I take the Giants and then Mike Glennon gets the start for them, uh, no, thank you. I will just take the Rams. Also, what team do you think leads the NFL in yards per play through the first five weeks? It is the Los Angeles Rams, formerly known as the St. Louis Rams, formerly known as the Los Angeles Rams. 6.7 yards per play. That is the best mark in the NFL. Giants defense, 24th, and opponent yards per play at 6.1. Now, like I said, if Daniel Jones and the rest of the Giants offense was healthy, I might be able to buy into taking them to cover the spread. Can't do it, though. Big spread, public play, don't care, don't overthink it this week. Week six is don't overthink it. Rams minus nine and a half. 
Browns, Cardinals. Browns, minus 3, minus 115. You guys can go ahead and take everything I said about the Ravens-Chargers game and just reapply it here because it's basically the exact same matchup. Now we have the best rushing attack in football in the Browns going up against the second worst rush defense next to the Chargers. Browns are getting 5.4 yards per carry, 6.6 yards per carry against the Chargers last week. Now they're playing the Cardinals, who are second last in opponent yards per carry, giving up 5.4. I am a little bit concerned. I will admit that Kyler Murray is going to torch this Browns defense like Justin Pretty Boy Herbert did last week. But I'm going to believe in the Browns, who are becoming kind of my team to root for this season since the Falcons are irrelevant. Cleveland still has the third lowest opponent completion percentage, and they're also 11th in opponent yards per pass him. So we'll see what happens this week. If Kyler Murray torches them, though, my opinion of both them might change a little bit. Uh, but I will take Browns minus 3, minus 115. Can I say something? Driving around a city as populated as New York City... While blasting music in your car with the windows down has to be in the top five of most obnoxious things that human beings can do. It has to be. Like, do you think that people, like, this is 11 o'clock at night and people are driving around blasting their music? Like, do you care that people are trying to sleep? Do you care that someone's trying to rant into a microphone giving out sports betting picks? Why are you forcing everyone to listen to your shitty music? At an extremely high volume. I'm not in a club. If I wanted to be in a club, I'd go to a club. I'm in my apartment. I'm in my room. I don't want to listen to your shitty club music with a bass going... Dum, 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 dum. Spare me. Gotta be... I, might be top three most obnoxious things human beings do. Roll your fucking windows up and turn the music down a little bit. God damn. <laughs> Cowboys Patriots I'm going under 51 and a half between the Cowboys and the Patriots even better rev your engines yes we've got a good we've got a game between a team with a good offense and a bad defense against a team with a bad offense and a good defense so who knows what's going to happen in this game I still don't really know what this Patriots team is they're confusing based on how they looked against the Bucks two weeks ago and then the Texans this past week. What version of the Patriots are going to show up this week? Who knows? What I do know is, as long as they can slow down the Cowboys' offense, I think this total does go under. I think it's a couple points too high. Patriots' defense, 6th in the NFL in opponent yards per play, 4th in the NFL in opponent points per play, 6th in red zone defense. Good defense. Now, I know the Patriots should be able to move the ball against the Cowboys' shitty defense, but still, the Patriots' offense isn't really built to put up a ton of points. We all know this by now. I think this total's a little bit too high. Bit of an overreaction to some crazy Cowboys games we've seen so far this season. Give me the under 51.5 at minus 110. And then we're going to move on to the Raiders and Broncos. I'm going to take Raider... Raiders plus 3.5, minus 110 against the Broncos here. I think people are overreacting to the John Gruden fiasco, and they're going to pound the Broncos here. But want to know what I think? The Raiders could be better without Gruden. How about that? Gruden is not a good football coach for the modern era of the game. And I actually think that's why he, the Raiders have been have done well under him early in the season and have faltered. I think that's a sign of a bad coach or a coach that doesn't understand modern day schemes. Start of the year, people are keeping their schemes a little bit more simple. 
uh, there's not as much pre-game pre-game game planning because you're not too sure what the other teams are going to do because you don't have any film on them from this season. John Gruden's good in those spots, but once schemes become more complicated as the season goes on, once teams kind of know what you're going to do a little bit more, Gruden falters. So I actually think him gone, it's going to help the Raiders out. Also, there are some numbers with the Broncos offense that are cause for concern in this game. They are dead last in third down conversion rate, only getting a first down on 28.57% of third downs. They're also playing a Raiders defense that is ninth in third down defense. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on in this game is how the Broncos do on third down. That's the number one key, in my opinion, to this game. Um, also, Broncos terrible in the red zone, 29th in red zone offense, only scoring a touchdown on 42.11% of red zone trips. I think this game is close. I think people are overreacting to the Gruden news. Give me the Raiders at plus 3.5, minus 110. I'm going to take the Seahawks plus 5, minus 110 against the Steelers here, and I can't believe I'm saying this in the year 2021, but I actually think Geno Smith is going to be fine. Is he going to be as effective as Russell Wilson? No, but he still does have two of the most talented receivers in the league at his disposable. At his at his disposal, not his disposable. Uh, I think he'll do enough. <laughs> I think he'll do enough to outscore or at least keep it within the five points against this painfully bad Steelers offense. And just like the Gruden situation, most of the time when there's like a major change or major injury and everyone overreacts and jumps on the opposite side, I like to not overreact. I'm a big, I'm a big underreact guy. I'm fine with Geno Smith for now. And I know everyone thinks Big Ben is back uh, after his performance last week. I ain't buying it. Still an old man. He's a bum. He's got no zip on his balls. Phrasing. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks and the points in this one. Seahawks plus five. Um, that's kind of a shitty Sunday night football game, by the way. Uh, Monday night, um, Bills minus six, minus 104 against the Titans. And I will tell you all right now, my friends, this is my best bet of the week and it's not even close. Not only have the Bills looked fantastic this season, but they also have a big stylistic advantage in this game. So listen closely. I'm going to list off a few things here. Let's start with sacks. Titans giving up the most sacks in the NFL with an average of four point or sorry, four sacks a game. Bills are tied with the Rams for fifth and get it in the NFL for getting the most sacks per game. Their defense is getting 2.8. Not good for the Titans. 43.11% of the offensive yards gained by the Titans come on the ground. That is the third highest rate in the NFL. Bills are fourth in opponent yards per carry at 3.7 and third in opponent rushing yards per game at 78.4. Not good for the Titans. The Bills, first in the NFL in points per game, averaging 34.4. The Titans are 24th in scoring defense, allowing an average of 26 points per game. Not good for the Titans. The Titans are 26th in red zone offense. As, of course, I come to the last pick, the garbage truck has to come by. It's tradition. Hello, New York garbage truck. What up? (laughs) Titans. Are 26th in red red zone offense. The Bills are first in red zone defense. Once again, not good for the Titans. I would be beyond shocked if the Titans somehow win this game. It is a complete no-brainer in my opinion. Give me the Bills. Minus six. Now I'll recap my 14 picks and then I'll give you my five best bets of the week. By the way, um, fuck you to the guy who responded to my tweet 
promoting the podcast last week and he just replied to it with what my five best bets were. You fucker. <laughs> I gotta get downloads, people. If I tell everyone my picks and I don't get downloads, I gotta make money somehow. I don't care if you downloaded fast forward till the end just to hear best bets. Fuck that guy who's... I, I had to block him. I'm sorry. Don't like blocking people. I had to do it. That's a greasy move. It's a greasy move. Um, trying to make a living here, people. I can't. I can't make a living tweeting. Um, all right, picks. Eagles plus seven. Jaguars. Uh, I'll say the juice as well. Eagles plus seven minus one ten against the Bucks. Jaguars plus one fifty money line against the Dolphins. Colts minus ten minus one ten against the Texans. Packers minus four minus one fifteen against the Bears. Chiefs. Washington over fifty six minus one ten. Vikings. Minus one, minus 115 against the Panthers. Ravens, minus three, plus 100 against the Chadges. Bengals, minus three and a half, minus 110 against the Lions. Rams, minus nine and a half, minus 110 against the Giants. Browns, minus three, minus 115 against the Cardinals. Cowboys, Patriots, under 51 and a half, minus 110. Raiders, plus three and a half, minus 110 against the Broncos. Seahawks, plus five, minus 110 against the Steelers. Bills, minus six, minus 104 against the Tennessee Titans. And my best bets, my five best bets of the week. Bills, minus six. Browns, minus three. Ravens, minus three. Jaguars, plus 150. Chiefs, Washington, over 56. In that order as well. My best bet is the Bills, and then the Browns, Ravens, Jags, Chiefs, Washington, over. There you have it, friends. The road to 272 bets continues. Also, it's NHL season. NHL's back. That's fun. My picks um, haven't been so hot out the gate. NHL's a tough sport to bet on, but we'll try to get better with that. Um, I got nothing else to tell you. Best of luck with your picks. Tip me on Venmo, Cash App if you want to. IanMac35, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-35. Um, subscribe, rate, review, please. Please do that. If, if nothing else, do that. Other than that, best of luck, everyone. Whether you decide to tail, fade, or make your own picks, thank you for listening. Good luck to all your bets. I'll talk to you next week, and the road to 272 bets continues. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save